Hi guys, Luke here for another podcast. I'll get the plugs out of the way to start with. Please visit my blog for the accompanying blog post to this particular podcast. It's at luketolic.com. You'll find all of my blogs there. And you'll also be able to check out the Fitness Fundamentals membership. We've just had a new release of content for October and it's very, very good. There's a free trial, so please check that out. Lastly, if you're interested in any online coaching, I am opening up more spots before the end of the year because I'm going traveling next year. You can also visit lukatalek.com and follow the links at the top to get to that. Okay, so we're talking today about fatigue and deloading and how fitness masks fatigue. I spent this morning writing a bit of a blog post or an article on this that ended up being reasonably long. And the reason why I wanted to do this is because currently the Rugby World Cup is on. And of course, you get a lot of punditry, a lot of armchair experts and keyboard warriors going at it on Facebook and various other websites, post-match and analyzing different teams. So I wanted to throw my two cents in. Possibly one of the things that frustrates me most about armchair experts, especially people who don't have a background in strength and conditioning or training of any type, is that they don't seem to understand the concept of training for physical fitness and how fatigue affects things. Now, I'll explain it more in depth in the article itself, so I do recommend that you read that, but the reason I wanted to address this is because I also get a lot of messages and questions in my Instagram Q&As regarding uh, various issues, and they tend to all be related to poor fatigue management. Very commonly, I get asked questions about chronic injuries, about overcoming plateaus, about getting stronger, about trying to progress a bit faster despite someone seemingly doing everything right. And inevitably, when I mention something like a deload, people try it and they come back and they say, wow, that was amazing. It worked really well. Or if I mention a deload and post about it on my Q&As in my Instagram stories, you get people messaging me and being like, oh, should I do that? I don't think I've ever done that. I don't plan for deloads at all. And so I wanted to kind of dive into this a little bit. It won't be a very long podcast, but hopefully the more uh, media I can get this out on, the more people will learn about it and start implementing it in their training. So just to go back to the Rugby World Cup for a minute, every single time there's a big tournament, you hear people talking about how oh, one team is so fit compared to the others and these guys need to work on their fitness and the coach needs to take them out and do laps around the park because they, they just look tired out there. If you're a professional athlete and you're playing in one of the top tier teams, you're fit enough. When these guys play international rugby, they've spent an entire super rugby season getting fit. I used to play rugby, not at a particularly high level, but I played at a reasonable level here in Sydney. And I remember our pre-training being really, really brutal. It's very, very hot and humid here in January. It's probably hotter and more humid in, in other places in the world where they play rugby as well. And certainly inland in the country, man, I, I don't even understand how you'd be able to get through those fitness sessions. But, you know, we play those games and it's tough. And by the time you get to playing your first match of the season, you're not quite there yet because there's nothing that's quite the same as match fitness. But once you've got sort of two or three games under your belt, you're about as fit as you're going to need to be for a rugby season. And that's certainly true of professionals in this day and age as well. They start playing these rugby matches in the super rugby competition I'm talking about now in February, right? 
by the time we're playing test matches, which for those of you who don't know is the international level, uh, that happens in June. So at this point, they've got four months of an extremely high level competition under their belts. They are fit enough. The issue is that they're unable to display their fitness. And when we talk about fitness, I describe it a bit more on the blog post, but it's basically any physical quality you can think of that's relevant. So for a rugby player, it's gonna be things like their cardiovascular endurance, it's gonna be power, it's gonna be strength, all of that kind of stuff. Now for those of us who engage in bodybuilding or in powerlifting or any other sort of strength sport, it's mostly gonna be things like your body composition, your ability to you know, do a certain weight for reps, it's going to be things of that nature. You're obviously a one RM strength if you're a powerlifter in particular. That's your fitness. So when we're talking about fitness, we're not talking about how many flights of stairs you can run up. We're talking about whatever is relevant to the physical activity that you're doing. Now, the issue is as fatigue accrues, it masks fitness. So this is a very common saying in strength and conditioning that fatigue masks fitness. Essentially, what happens is as you train, you provide a stimulus to your system. And that stimulus is what causes you to adapt and get better. But that comes at a cost because it fatigues your system and that accrues over time. So as you continue to train, you continue to improve, you continue to adapt, you continue to build your fitness and your ability to do more things. You get stronger, your muscles grow, you get fitter cardiovascularly. But at the same time, your fatigue is accumulating and rising. At some point, you're going to get to a degree of fatigue that is going to essentially leave you unable to express your physical abilities. And so this, uh, this inability to express your physical capabilities is really what we're talking about in this sense here. And we call that physical preparedness. So it's a different concept to simply not being fit enough. The fact is that the fitness is there, it's just being hidden or overlaid by this accumulated fatigue, meaning that your physical preparedness is low. Your fatigue is high, your fitness is high, but your physical preparedness is low. And that means when you come in to try and do a 1RM after a really hard training block, it's somehow you're unable to do even 90% of what you used to be able to do when you've peaked for a powerlifting competition. You know, so this is the idea is that you're not always at your maximum strength. You're at your maximum strength after you've gone through a full training phase, you've got all those adaptations, and then you spend a peaking week or two dropping your fatigue so that you can express your 1RM strength on a powerlifting platform on competition day. Now more to the point for the people who are not necessarily competitive powerlifters and more physique oriented is that there's only so much work you can handle before that fatigue accrues and it starts to impact your ability to get in those productive sessions. So you're unable to work at close to your physical limits week after week after week after week. It starts to add up and over time you'll find yourself unable to continue to get stronger, to continue to do the number of reps that you want to do. You might feel that you feel gassed much quicker than you used to. You might feel that you're having um, you know, troubles with little niggly injuries or something like that or you're having trouble improving, gaining muscle. And often, 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 I find that people are simply doing too much or they are like they're not even aware that of the fact that they maybe should back off sometimes. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to take a planned deload. Often that's how it's programmed. So for those of you who maybe are new to this sort of concept, the way we tend to structure training plans is that you might have 
you know, three or four or five hard weeks of training, and then you give yourself an easier week. So that, that might be pre-planned, quite often is, and it tends to just happen to be a week because that's how we tend to plan our training sessions out. We tend to have weeks of training. And so you have an easier week where you do half the volume, meaning you have the number of sets you do or something along those lines. Uh, you make sure that you don't go all the way to failure because that's very fatiguing and you have an easy week. And it should feel like when you walk out of the gym that you could have done a whole lot more. It should feel like you've gotten your blood moving and that it was you know, somewhat challenging, but it should feel like you've kind of stepped out and only done half a session, which is essentially what you're doing. And this allows us to continue to be active, but it also significantly drops fatigue, which allows us to then reveal our physical attributes that we've been building up over the past several weeks. Now that's a pre-planned deload. What many people will do as they get more experienced and start to recognize the signs and feelings and symptoms of being too fatigued is that they'll sort of intuitively take easier days. Now this can be a little bit dangerous uh, in people who are not very experienced and don't know what they're doing because training should be hard. There are times where you should feel like you don't want to go to the gym that you're having a few niggles, that you're kind of being ground into dust. That's completely normal and that should happen sometimes. It just shouldn't be an ongoing thing. But you know, you do need to sometimes step back a bit to realize the, the gains that you've made over the last uh, however long you've been training. And so those people who are a little bit more experienced, I tend to do this myself, will not necessarily plan a deload in advance, but will recognize the signs and symptoms of when we might need to pull back for a session or two. And that might mean that after a day or two of uh, easier workouts, you're okay to go again. It might mean that you need to take a week. I normally just force myself to do a week of easier training, but sometimes it's just a case of, um, you know, I have a little niggle that's flaring up. So I have a, a longer term back injury and sometimes when my fatigue accrues, I, I tend to feel that my back is a lot tighter than normal. And that's one sign for me that maybe I need to have the next one or two leg sessions be a little bit easier. And usually when I do that, everything starts to feel good again, and then I can push hard again. For some period, it might be a couple of weeks, it might be uh, a month or more before I start to feel that again, and then I need to back off again. So having in mind that concept of having to pull back sometimes so that you can allow fatigue to drop is a really good idea. I won't go into too much more detail here. This is more an accompaniment, an audio accompaniment to the blog post. So please go ahead and read that if you want some more details on this. It's a lot more eloquent, hopefully, and uh, a little bit more organized. I've basically just done this off the cuff into the microphone, which is what I normally do, but uh, it's a little bit scattered. So my recommendation to you is that if you've never done a deload before or it's been a long time or you're suffering any of those issues that I spoke about before where maybe progress is a little stalled you don't really feel like training anymore you've got a lot of niggles or whatever it is try a deload week because the worst that's going to happen is that you're going to stay where you are anyway and then you can simply ramp up your training again but best case scenario you're probably going to drop a ton of fatigue and come into the next week feeling really really good meaning that your training is going to be more productive, you're going to be more excited to train, and essentially you're just going to get better outcomes from your training that way anyway. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, make sure you check out all of the links to everything in the description of this podcast, and I'll catch you very soon.